This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And top of the morning to oh, you, you, Charlie. Are too much. Ah, bless your heart. And listen to you. Here we are to St. Patty's Day. Mm. And uh, all things Irish, as it were. Well, did you bring us the, the green beard, Arlen? Oh, I wish I'd thought of that. No. <laughs> Me but... too. Jameson's, maybe? <laughs> well, I'd like to welcome Chris O'Wong to Chris the show. <laughs> oh, we're all O's o. today. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, Good morning. Chris. Yeah. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Morning, Chris. Special uh, interesting guest. Interesting young man. Yes. Boy, oh boy, yeah. Uh, we're going to hear lots about uh, young uh, urban Ur- farmers. That's correct. His company. That's what Chris invented. Him and some friends invented it uh, all of like nine years ago, it sounds like. It's not a brand new company, but you and I met at the uh, Get the Jump on Spring event. That's right. Toronto Botanical Gardens. You were there with a booth, and I went... This is something our listeners would want to hear about. Absolutely. Very cool services that Chris uh, you know, has as part of in his arsenal of things that he does, not to mention some cool products as well, to help people get gardening, particularly edible gardening, yes. in the GTA. So we'll talk a little bit more. And so GTA, just give me a general sense of how far you go in terms of servicing clients. Yeah, most customers are right in the Toronto area specifically, but for a little bit of an extra charge for the time and the gas mm-hmm. that it takes, we'll go a little bit outside. We've gone up to Newmarket and Richmond Hill. Mm-hmm. We've gone out to Mississauga and Oakville and Hamilton mm-hmm. out west, and we've gone out to to Pickering out out east. All so, right. And I want to hear about the going up to the flying community where you're installing a big vegetable garden for First Nations. Yes. Yeah, which yes. is talking about going out somewhere to, to exactly. do some gardening. <laughs> but we better go out and get the phone numbers on we here. Better. That's so, part you know, of why we're here. Exactly. Uh, the phone number, if you are in the Toronto area, to reach Charlie Dobbin here on Zoomer Radio. Four 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra is call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Sebastian, our operator, know, and he'll let me know. And when you come to the air... That will precede you, uh, your your wings. You get your garden wings. Chris is looking at you like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of our shticks, right? Yeah. I love it. It's, it's the shtick. And people love it. They, you would be amazed. They line up to be first-time callers. Sometimes they don't even tell the truth. They've already called <laughs> okay. 40 yeah. times, and they say they're first-time callers just to get the bell. Just to get the bell. Very it's good. true. So, okay, listen, uh, Let's few things going on. 
put in your calendar. Uh, and, you know, people are getting excited. So spring is coming. Days are getting longer. Certainly not very warm yet, but the bright sunshine we've got happening today and for the next few days has us thinking about getting outside. So Sunday, March 25th, so a week tomorrow, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society will be meeting two o'clock in the afternoon at the Royal Botanical Garden Center, which of course is located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. They're meeting in rooms three and four. The speaker is Alex Henderson. And this topic is update on the opening of the new Rose Garden at the RBG, which is brilliant. Actually, I would love to go to this. <clears throat> There's a lot of change going on at RBG. They took out all the old rose gardens that were old traditional gardens with old traditional roses. Complete revamping and all new varieties are going in. So it's going to be very amazing. Cause did you notice the roses last year? The, probably not because you're an edible guy, Chris. But <laughs> the roses last year, generally speaking, were gorgeous in the GTA in southern Ontario. All that rain was just the roses responded really well. So we all had really knock your socks off, uh, mm-hmm. you know, roses happening. And so uh, this is going to be interesting to see what they're doing at the RBG. Of course, everyone's welcome to that event. There is no entrance fee. There's no parking fees or anything like that. So check that out next a week Sunday. And here's a new one, the Bronte Hort Society. They're hosting a general meeting with Stephen, Br- Stephen Biggs, I should say. You, Stephen's been on the show. Stephen Biggs, the, the fig pig. Oh, right? He's yeah. the fig pig. He wrote the, the book <laughs> right. called The Fig Pig. Do you, have you, do you know Stephen? I don't know him personally, but I know of his work and yeah. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, well, you would because, again, he's an edible guy and he's also very, he's a very good horticulturalist. He knows a lot about gardening in general. So he's speaking on Farm, Food and Gardens on Tuesday, March 27th, 7.30 p.m., John Colburn Recreation Centre, 1565 Old Lakeshore Road in Oakville. There you go. That's all I got. Oh, okay. <laughs> all righty. Well, we're going to take a quick little break, our first break in the show, and then come back and uh, have a word with Doug, who's on the line from Lindsay, Ontario, here on The Garden Show as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the uh, airlines. Uh, A little note from... uh, Doug, top of the morning to you, Doug, out there in Lindsay, <laughs> Ontario. Hi. Good morning. Morning. Yes. Uh, I'm looking at my forsythia here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going crazy, and I want to know how far back I can trim it. It's about eight, oh, more than eight feet tall now. Okay. But if you can wait for, for it to do its flowering, because remember, you're going to have eight feet of blazing yellow glory in about three weeks. Yeah, yeah no, I know know about that. So why, if you can just wait for that to happen, and then once the yellow is done, you can uh, be pretty dramatic with forsythia. They're a very vigorous, t- tough shrub, so I'd chop it down to half size. Okay, very good. But to do it properly, what you would really do is you would get out a little, like a trimming saw or good sharp loppers down on your hands and knees. At ground level, take out the biggest, oldest stems first. And that will take off some of that eight-foot growth. And by taking out the oldest, gnarliest branches from ground level, that will encourage new growth from the, from the base. And next year, you'll have a proper, good-looking, fresh, you know, all rejuvenated shrub. But many people just love to do the whole haircut thing and just stand there and pick a line and cut straight across. 
it would look better. It would be better for the plant if you take some of the old stuff down from ground level, though. Very good. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks Thank you so call. much, Doug. Uh, and uh, we have a gentleman on the line, Mervin. Uh, Mervin, I'm going to ask you to just be patient and hold on for a sec because we have a special guest today in the studio. What he has to talk about I find absolutely fascinating. And I know that people who have an apartment uh, or condo and they've only got like a balcony, what he has to offer is... I think just super. So let me turn yeah. things over to Charlie and Plumbus. Well, Chris, tell us a bit about the box that all start, kind of got you. You got into this business as a young entrepreneur, didn't study horticulture. Mm-hmm. The, your farming background, it, you, you know, you've got some, some good cred that way, street yeah. cred. You've got some family that are still in the farming business in the Mount Albert area, which is f- pretty fascinating. Yeah, so the the box that we were talking about mm-hmm. is called the Kaja. Okay. It's a sub-irrigated container that makes growing your own fresh, healthy, delicious fruits, veggies, herbs, almost any kind of plant that you want, really simple and easy. And the idea behind this is that there's a built-in reservoir at the bottom of the planter. It holds 10 liters of water. That water gets wicked up right to the root system of your plants through the fancy word called capillary action. (laughs) And through this system, you can really enjoy healthy tomatoes, healthy beans, healthy peppers, healthy herbs, because that water is never too much, never too little. It provides exactly the right amount of moisture to the plants right to the root system. What a clever idea. Well, wow. yeah, any sort of, well, they're kind of called self-watering mm-hmm. pots yes. or yeah. self-watering containers. So the many advantages include things like you put in your 10 liters of water and then you go up to the cottage mm-hmm. and you come back three or four days later from the cottage and the plants are fine. Yeah. They have not suffered whatsoever <clears throat> for lack of water because it, it had that backup reservoir. Just from an illustration I'm looking at on, uh, on our mm-hmm. monitor, looks to be about the size of a bathtub, roughly. I yes. well, it's oh, a little bit that? smaller than a bathtub. Okay. It might be good for a small pet to, to fit in. It's about two and a half feet long okay. by one foot by one foot. Yeah. So the one foot's the whole height of it, and the reservoir is in the bottom. Correct. So your actual planting depth is maybe eight or nine inches. Yeah. The okay. planting depth is about eight or nine inches. So if you wanted to grow big, fat, long carrots, this wouldn't be the best. Or potatoes, or yeah. Potatoes. yeah. So I was, I was really impressed with the price of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, wow, this makes it affordable. Just give the retail price you mentioned mm-hmm. to me. The retail price is $75 for the box. And one of the, the things that I like to tell people about it is that once you've got it, it'll last you almost forever. Mm-hmm. It's food-grade materials, mm-hmm. it's UV-stabilized, it's frost-proof, you can leave it out on your balcony, right. it's not going to track or get brittle. But you can also include the the, uh, the dirt, as it were. Uh, yes, the dirt. Be careful. <laughs> uh, sorry. Soil. We call it soil in <laughs> yes. the business. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we, have now we, we have what we call a ready-to-plant kit that includes organic potting soil and organic fertilizer, for $105. So for a tad over 100 bucks, away you go. I think that's great. And you also supply plants for these boxes, yes, if people most wish. Definitely. And as you mentioned, you've got some pretty interesting access to interesting plants. It's not just mm. going to Home Depot and picking up some petunias. You're, it is about the edibles. And most definitely. you do like to support whoever the person is and what they might wish to grow. Definitely. So to, regardless of your background, you've got access to some interesting heritage and, and not always familiar familiar to some of us, uh, vegetables and herbs. 
That's that's terrific. Uh, maybe we could go back to the lines now and catch up on. Sure, uh, I just wanted to call for, here. Just mm-hmm. for anybody who's listening, um, if you were to Google the Growing Connection, you will come to a PDF that will show you the Earth Box, and there's there's a kind of really interesting story where this Earth Box even came from because mm-hmm. it really came out of the United Nations. It's all about feeding the world, isn't it? Yeah, there's a really great story, and if we have time, we can get yeah. into that. All right, and but I Absolutely. think we're going to the phone calls right yeah. now. Yeah, yes. great. Okay. Uh, Mervyn, uh, you've been very patient out there in Mississauga. Welcome to the Garden Show. Morning. Morning. Like, could I could I just make a suggestion? Uh, the Irish accents, you know, <laughs> they need need a little bit of work. It does it really. <laughs> ah, bless your heart. Well, can we try? That. Can we try something just? Yeah. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. Good Top man. of the morning. Ah, there you so go. It's about Rosa Sharon. I, <laughs> oh, gee. My my wife bought me a bunch of little cuttings uh, a year ago, and I grew them in out outdoors. They're about about uh, maybe two or three feet high now. Uh-huh. And I don't want like there's three or four stems coming up, mm-hmm. but I don't want it to be a big tall thing, right? I want to mm-hmm. keep it low. Okay. So <clears throat> should I just cut those back or? Yes. Wait, remember, Rosa Sharon is the, one of the last shrubs to look like it's alive in the spring. It stays uh-huh. dormant well beyond anybody else. So uh-huh. you've got lots of time to get to it, get to all your other garden duties first, come uh-huh. back to your Rosa Sharon. Spring is the, my favorite time to trim them. Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> what you're going to do is you're going to look at those t- what, two, three, four foot ho- tall stems. Uh-huh. You're going to see little bumps, and the bumps are the nodes where the leaves will eventually, and hopefully flowers, will grow from this season. So Uh when you're doing your trimming, just follow the stems down and make your cut so that the bump... It, where you, you're going to cut just above one of those bumps or nodes, but have oh. it so that the bump is facing the outside of the shrub. Oh, so I see. That, okay. So that the yeah. next growth oh. that comes will grow out as opposed to in to the center of the shrub. And that way the shape, because the, you, the, you want it to be a vase-shaped plant, and oh. it will maintain that shape if you do your trimming so that all your nodes are on the outside of the plant. Oh, okay. okay? Yeah, so it's go down. How far, uh, how far up from the ground should I leave it then to find the first node? I'd probably, if they're young, they're only, you know, first, second year plants. Uh-huh. Uh, and if they're two or three feet, I'd probably, at the most, take a third off. Yeah, And okay. uh, though you could do a little more if you wanted to, but I probably wouldn't at this point because they're still so young. But uh-huh. remember, you're going to do this every year uh-huh. to control okay, that, the plants. That way it'll keep them under control a exactly. bit. Exactly. Don't wait 10 years and then you need a chainsaw and then it just looks like <laughs> absolute crap. So just and, uh, do it every so year. It's, uh, it's the first sign of spring then. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, out there with your pruners hey. on a dry day. Thank you. There's thank Mervyn you. from Mississauga, my Irish dialect coach. I was going to say, heart. thank you for the coaching. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you happen to ever watch The Quiet Man now, uh, oh, Mervyn. that's Elliot's favorite. Oh, I the love quiet that. Man. Yeah, and I, I love uh, Barry Fitzgerald's rant when he's standing outside the pub with John Wayne involved in a big fight, and he says, Would the belligerents please put it in neutral? We're going into the bar for a drink. So there you go. There you go. Thank uh, you. Yeah, now, uh, 10 to 1, he'll call back and uh, tell you. upset of that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to have to take a break here, but we'll be back with our special guest, Chris Wong, and uh, all your questions here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zuma Radio. 
righty, let's uh, get those phone numbers on the air here to reach Charlie here on the uh, Garden Show from Zoomer Radio in Toronto. Call 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And off we go to Cambridge to say hi to Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Um, I'm calling regarding an evergreen that there was uh, a hornet's nest in it, mm-hmm. and it, the branch was burnt last year. Now the, it's all brown. Okay, so who burned it? Next door neighbor. <laughs> With what, a flamethrower or poured some gasoline on it? What'd they do? They, well, he did put some, uh, some uh, gasoline on it. But it's brown now, and I was just wondering, when is it a good time to uh, cut it back? Uh, Well, evergreens, when they are actively growing, which depends kind of when spring starts, um, might be late May, might be early June in the Cambridge area, um, is when we do whatever trimming we're going to do generally on evergreens, is when they're actively growing. Mm -hmm. So for your purposes, at any time on a dry day, you can get in there with your sharp pruners and take out anything that's clearly dead. That's the one thing about removing dead wood in plants. You can do that any time of the year. So it's at your convenience. That, but to do that, sharp tools, dry weather is always going to make it a better, more successful operation. But okay. deadwood can be removed at any time. To trim and to reshape and to try and help that evergreen look like it used to look, you will do some shearing or some selective pruning in, when it's actively growing. So that, like I say, is typically early, mid-June, late May, depending on the depending on spring. We never know when that's going to hit. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. That's not going to grow back, okay? I don't know what kind of an evergreen it is. It's the one with all the different branches going in all kinds of directions. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) Okay. So it could be a cedar, and cedars can be quite amazing how vigorous they can be in terms of growing back. Use are the best. It's, it's not, not a cedar. Oh, it's not a cedar. Okay. Oh, no. um, you know, there's obviously use are the best for popping out new fresh growth off of old, what looks like very dead, gnarly wood. But you get the firs and the spruce and, and some of the pines, etc. You will not see new growth typically coming from old areas deep oh, inside okay. the plant. But one little tip about hornet's nests is that Number one, there are hornet sprays. You know, it's, I love it. Actually, it's kind of like shaving foam. You you put actually, it. Actually, that's what he used. I'm sorry, that's what he used. Actually. Oh, did he? Yeah, because if he used the actual hornet destroyer, I think they call it, it shouldn't have damaged the plant if used according to directions. And keep in mind that hornets don't stay in those nests over the winter, and they don't typically come back to those nests in the spring. So oh, that, this one was huge. It was over a foot high, a oh, foot yeah. wide. Yeah. Well, they just keep, they, they start tiny, right? Every spring they build the nest, and over the summer it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as the population increases, they need more housing, so so they just, the condo gets larger. But it, it is something where everybody dies except the queen at the end of the season, typically. So queen goes down underground for the winter, everybody else is toast. Oh, okay. okay. All right, that's good then. Thanks for your help. Thanks Thank you, for calling. Margaret. Yeah. Take care of Cambridge for us. Uh, meantime, uh, if, if you uh, thought of calling the Garden Show but think, mm, you know, it's always darn busy, I uh, can't get through in the line, mm. this would be a perfect time to call. We've got several lines open right now in Toronto, 416-360-0740, or anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. I'm anxious to hear more about young urban farmers. I know. I wanted to, So, Chris, tell us, what's, what's your favorite part of your business? 
The favorite part of my business is that every season there is a slightly different focus. Oh, yeah. So because we do a lot of work seasonally outdoors for the growing season, mm. spring is one of my favorite times. It's mm. also one of the busiest times. No kidding. But we are doing a lot of planting. We're doing a lot of building of raised beds mm-hmm. or setting up and planting of different containers or planting more of your traditional in-ground gardens. Mm. And to me, the, the best part about spring is all of the potential it's- that that there is yeah it's I, I love spring i mean we all love spring if we do if we're into gardening we love spring because it's it's all about creation right and it's yes. all about like you say potential mm-hmm. everything start we all start mm-hmm. super bright-eyed every spring now by august it's not quite that same sense of optimism and oh my gosh this is so much fun mm-hmm. sometimes it's a bit like oh no gotta go pull some more weeds <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so do you do that kind of thing you do maintenance on some of the, these installations yeah definitely mm-hmm. for people primarily in the toronto mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. we will and we do have packages to come and help take care of the garden sometimes it's every week Mm -hmm. where we come once or twice a week to do everything but the eating (laughs) even the harvesting yeah well yes for some of our customers we'll do the harvesting we'll do the watering and the weeding and we'll do pruning or succession planting Mm -hmm. yeah what's tell us what is succession planting that's a good term succession planting is spacing out when you plant different crops typically of the same variety mm-hmm. so you can have uh, ongoing harvest throughout the growing season right and fast maturing crops like yes. lettuce for example exactly. leaf lettuce you can plant it today and be eating it tomorrow almost well, right yeah. so you sure don't want to put in a whole row of that mm-hmm. unless you've got a family of 500 <laughs> because that's just too much lettuce all in one day yeah what I like to tell people is that we want to try and space it out so it's not feast and famine right with lettuce there's only so much salad that you can eat mm-hmm. and then if you have to wait another three four weeks for the next crop to be ready then it can be frustrating so better to have it always there exactly that's good that's good and you know i do find a number of clients that i have dealt with in the last few years it's it's exactly what you're doing is in the sense that the getting down to ground level is just not happening so bringing the garden up higher Mm -hmm. whether it's up onto a bench or a table or a a retaining wall or just bringing some containers or tall containers closer to a level that's easier to access means still can get dirty, still can putter around and have some fun, and still harvest yummy foods or beautiful mm-hmm. flowers for the for the table, and uh, and and you know feel like you're having a, a good time and making a difference and getting fresh air and all that important stuff, but not hurting while you're doing it. Exactly. Okay. So, if you've got any questions at all for Chris Wong of uh, Young Urban Farmers, by all means, you can give a call to the numbers I've mentioned four one six three six zero zero seven forty or anywhere in the province toll free one. 866-740-4740. And uh, oh, I'm delighted that Liz from St. Catharines called in because she's a first-time caller, and that means that I get to display my bell-ringing skills to For Chris. Chris. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. wants to see this. Wow. Ooh. Something else. Hey, Liz. Welcome, Liz. <laughs> Good morning, Liz. Good morning. <laughs> Go right ahead. Okay. Um, we bought this house about three years ago. And the side, there's roses showering going wild. Mm-hmm. And I want to cut away by it because, I mean, it's going wild. Is it just one plant growing wild or many plants? No, there's quite a few. There's about four. Because um, that's the thing about Rose of Sharon. Some of them will reseed so that, uh, you know, post-flowering, the little fruits are formed in late fall. 
And then, of course, seeds drop, and the next year you've got a little forest of baby rows of Sharons coming up from below the mother plant. So um, depending on the size of these plants, I mean, they, they can be dug out if there's just too many of them there. If you try cutting them off at ground level, you're likely to find that they're just going to grow even more. So the, it's more of a, you've got to dig and get the roots out. And they're not what we would consider really invasive plant, but certainly once established, they will will, you know, be pretty happy and grow and fill up areas that you might not want so much Rose of Sharon to fill. Um, so that would be my suggestion is just get in there. Or, you know, don't get into the garden too early. It's, of course, the ground is still frozen. Maybe where you are, it's, it's a little less frozen than it is here. But we need to wait till the ground has dried down a bit before we're doing any major digging and walking on our gardens. Uh, and then it's a sharp shovel. And uh, just, you know, if a few little bits of root gets left behind, no worries. It's not going to grow back from that root. But you do need to get that the main plant out of there yes, for one. Yes, some eliminate. of them have done that and I've tried everything to kill them because with some on the other side and some was impossible. Sounds like you need the young urban farmers to come to your house with some of their fancy tools and and young blood and strength to because it's really that's what it is. It's just the the chopping away whether it's with a you know various tools to just get the you know dig down and get those plants out of there. I mean if they're really that that's the problem. If it's just a forest of Rosa Sharon, you want to get rid of some of that forest. It's just got to be dug out. Okay, then. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us, Liz, uh, from St. Catharines, one of my old stomping grounds. Yeah, where haven't you lived? Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) They they never let me stay in one spot too long. It's funny how that does seem to happen, doesn't it? Yes, it it does. Our first caller, Doug, was from Lindsay, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's another one of your old stomping grounds. (laughs) Sandra in South Etobicoke, welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, My question is regarding lavender. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I have four bushes, and because they got buried completely in the snow this year, they're looking a little sad now. I normally trim them back after flowering. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how much I can take back. Okay, so if you didn't trim them after flowering last year... I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Um, I, you know what? I, lavender's funny. I leave it alone in the spring because you just don't know what's alive and what's dead at first. So let it be, uh, unless it's really obvious chunks of it are dead, I wouldn't cut anything out of it yet. I'd wait and see where the new growth comes. Shearing lavender in the fall, mid-fall, late fall, removing a third of the new growth is the rule. Would you, yeah. What do you think? Um, Chris has got a thought here on lavender. Yeah, I typically like to prune and shape them just as the flowers are right past their peak of maturity. Right. Yeah. And that helps to, to shape them and to still give them enough time to build up that winter cold hardiness That's before right. the, the fall and the frost sets. And in. then in the spring, they're a nice kind of a shape so that when they first grow, they grow kind of like a nice little mound. Exactly. As opposed to these, you know, kind of scraggly looking things that they will turn into if we don't do that shearing. If you don't prune them, if you don't <laughs> shape them, they can look pretty straggly yeah. and, and pretty rough looking. But being into the snow shouldn't have been a huge problem. Like I, I, The snow is obviously gone now. Um, uh, things are going to warm up. New growth is going to pop. So I, I personally would leave them alone unless something's obviously truly dead, just brown and shriveled up, then that needs to be removed. But if it's looking a little gnarly and a little gray, a little green, a little not sure, leave it alone for now. Yeah, some of it's looking quite brown. 
Yeah, if it's, it's probably telling me it's dead. Exactly. Like if it's brown right from the tip and you follow that brown tip, this little sucker branch, whatever it is, just go down to where the brown stops and you can trim there. But if it leads into a gray or silver or slightly green area, stop at that point and just remove the brown. Because as I mentioned to the other caller, the dead, the diseased, the, the um, damaged. damaged, any of that kind of material can be removed at any time of year. So I can do that fairly early. In yeah, the if you can access from a sidewalk, you can do it today. It's just you don't <laughs> want to be walking in the garden yet. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks for your Thanks call. Thanks so much, Sandra. Uh, we have to take another little break here on the Garden Show, but when we come back, uh, it's kind of interesting. The, the three callers uh, online right now, all the ladies, three of them, have names that start with the letter M. Oh. Marilyn, Mary, and Marge. Uh, you're going to come uh, up with something, I can tell. Yeah, I know. All righty. Stand by. Uh, more fun um, uh, upcoming very shortly here on the Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Let's say hi to Marilyn in Seaforth. Good morning, Marilyn. Good morning. Morning. Um, I called a couple weeks ago about my Boston fern. Mm -hmm. And I did, as you said, I I combed through the the fronds Mm -hmm. and... I sprayed it with the water, mm-hmm. and it's doing amazing. Oh, good. Yes. Good. I just wanted to let you know that <laughs> there is a success story. <laughs> oh, good, I'm good to know. And there often are, are success stories, frankly. And I'm, I love to hear the, the feedback, so thank you. Thanks yeah, that. well, that's what you said when I called. Yeah. You'd like to hear. So yeah. on the ends of the fronds, there's like little balls, and it looks like new growth trying to unfurl um, yeah. out. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the, all our plants, even the tropical plants indoors, they know that days are getting longer and they are responding. So well, I certainly uh, can see that happening. Good, good. So keep up that misting that we talked about because yep. if you can do that as a year-round activity, you're going to find that fern will be taking over before you know it. Oh, that would be okay. <laughs> okay. Good to hear. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for calling back, Marilyn. You're welcome. Yeah, I know we're uh, we're sponsored by Stoke Seeds. That's uh, right. We, we really are. should be sponsored by M and M's because we have, you know, my alliteration. <laughs> yeah, Mary from Markdale. <laughs> hey, good morning, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. I really enjoy your program and listen to it every week, and uh, I've learned a lot from it. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to ask you about my Diefenbachia. Mm-hmm. It's about four foot high, and it has I I call it two elbows. They've grown right out of the pot and down right onto the bottom, and then up again. And they're doing really well, but what should I do with them? If I cut them off, uh, would they die? Or if could I put these elbows in water, no. water and form a root? Okay, so you can't do them in water. They will rot if you oh. put those stems in water. Um, hmm. Do you have uh, access to the Internet? No. Or an email or anything like that? No. no. All right. Uh, I'm just trying to think how to how to tell. Diefenbachia is hard to explain how to propagate Diefenbachia. Basically, if you look at the stems, they're green, mm-hmm. and there's little stripes or horizontal lines on the green stems. Um, I'm talking below where the leaves emerge from. Yes, like kind of a light brown color. Yeah, and yes. exactly. And each of those little lines is what is one of those nodes we were talking about earlier when we were talking about the, the Rose of Sharon. Mm-hmm. So each of those lines, there's underneath, hidden from your view, is, are little buds. So oh. 
You can take that green stem, you can chop it up, believe it or not, into chunks, uh, maybe two inches long. You can take those two-inch chunks of stem, sit them on top of a, a, a moist potting soil, and what will happen is, and I'm talking about laying it uh, mm. parallel to the ground, not so not like you would think, growing up into the air, but laying it right down on the soil. Mm-hmm. A stem will emerge from that, uh, like a little little bud will break and a little stem will start to grow up out of that chunk of big stem. And believe it or not, roots will emerge from the bottom and grow down into the soil. It's super magical. So you can take uh, a Diefenbachia that's old and gnarly and not really looking very good and chop it up into a whole bunch of new plants as long as you've got about a two-inch you know, full piece of stem to work with. Yeah. And you can get new growth out of the top and new roots to grow out of the bottom. But then, uh, like, you've got this great big stem up above. Okay, so that so this is where you're chopping the plant up into multi pieces. So it's oh, I see. Yeah, you yeah, it's and you don't root this plant in water. It's all all mm-hmm. the propagation is done by either air layering, it's called, or by this chopping it all up into little. They're cuttings. They're called stem cuttings, mm-hmm. um, but they're just not like a regular geranium cutting that we can just stick in water. I see. Yeah. Oh, um, that's fun. It's, it's a beautiful plant, but it's yeah. just going to get out of you know. Yeah, once they start growing in odd directions, they can be a bit challenging. <laughs> um, maybe the other thing. Okay, you ne- thanks very much. Well, maybe what you need to do is ask for a, you know Mother's Day or Easter present from a friend or family to get you a copy of a good book that will help you with some of the the propagation that you you know show mm-hmm. you step by step. Since you don't have access to the internet, there's great YouTube videos for people that do have access. But otherwise, there's great books as well. Um, my daughter could get. Uh uh, like she has internet, what, mm. what would she contact then? So, you know what, I'll come back with a website if you like, but for now, as long as she can spell Diefenbachia, all she would need to do is Google Diefenbachia propagation. Propagation, okay. Yeah. And I'll, I'll see if I can come up with a, a website uh, on our break, okay? Perfect, thanks very much. Thanks, That's Mary. Great. Thanks, okay. Mary. Bye-bye. Have a great one. And we're going to hold for just a moment because we have another M&M situation coming up very shortly. <laughs> March from Mississauga. Uh, but we're going to take a little bit of a break here uh, on the Garden Show. But the reminder, phone line... Uh, Phone lines are open at 416-360-0740, Our special guest remains with us, of course, Chris Wong of uh, Young Urban Farmers, and we'll hear more about that, I'm sure, before the end of the show. Back in a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Marge and Mississauga, your turn. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm hoping to have another success story like the fern lady. Oh, good. Uh, last fall, I called to find out what to do with a potted rose tree, I call it, with mm-hmm. a grafted one. Mm-hmm. And you suggested, because I'm in a condo, that I take it to my daughter's and have her bury it in the garden mm-hmm. horizontally. Yep. And we've done that, and we're wanting to do the internment 
or no, disinternment. <laughs> they, they want to exhume it. We're wondering just when's the best time to do that now. Huh. Good point. Um, well, so your daughter's in the Toronto area or Mississauga area? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine. I wonder if her soil is thawed enough yet. Probably not. And we are still going to have some frost. It's still only the middle of March. Okay, I'm so anxious to see if this works. (laughs) Oh, it will. I think it will. If you guys did what I told you to do, and it sounds like you did, I think you're going to be amazed. It's quite quite magical. Um, Speaking of figs, at Durham College where I teach, we Uh we have a fig plant outside, and we, every fall, chop all the roots on one side, dig a trench, Tilt it down into the trench, put all the soil over top, put some straw over top of that. In the spring, lift it back up, put it, you know, that regrows its roots on the other, where we've all been chopped, and it produces figs. It's amazing. Wow. Oh, that does sound amazing. Yeah, so um, so your rose, I'd say you're you're still a couple of weeks out. How many weeks, I'm not sure. It's going to kind of, we got to watch the weather here. I'd, I'd say, you know, as a rule of thumb, when that forsythia in your neighborhood starts to bloom, those bright yellow flowers start showing up on oh, the yeah. shrubs, uh-huh. that'll be a very good indication that it's time. As soon as you start to see a bit of that yellow happening, get oh. your shovel out, get that rose lifted up. Now, it shouldn't go right out into the direct sun and lots of wind or any kind of adverse conditions right away after oh. coming up out of the ground. I'd put it somewhere sheltered in terms of wind particularly because it's going to be a little on the tender side. It's, it's been protected underground. It's going to go into serious shock if we get a real cold. You know that north wind that was blowing yesterday? Yes, and it's really windy on my patio yeah. at the so, yeah. that's, so that's good to know. Give it a chance to just get used to the real world. Give it a, you know 10 days, 2 weeks of just a little bit of 10 tender loving care, a little bit of shelter, slowly but surely introduce it to sun and wind and, and real world uh, experiences and then onto your condo. Oh, I'm so condo. glad I called. I was right. just going to bring it home and put it out. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad you, I'm really glad you called too. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank we look you, forward to hearing from you in about eight weeks when yeah. you're going to call and say it's covered in buds. I sure will. Oh, okay. okay. Good. Thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, we're closing in on the end of the show. However, we do have time for a couple more calls, I think. Uh, Gary in Belgrave. Good morning. Good morning. You guys are doing just too good a job in there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I tell you, it's getting better all the time. <laughs> anyway, I have a pussy willow tree. Oh, yeah. And this pussy willow tree is 100 years old or more. Oh, my goodness. And my wife says it has to come down, so I'm going to have to take it down. I want to root one. Can I just put one of the branches in water and it'll root? You know what? You can put one of those branches, just stick in the ground and it'll root. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You can't stop a pussy willow. Oh, okay. But, so that goes, that's going to be part of my point here. You go out there and cut that tree down, you know it's going to still be alive. It's going to grow from the root. Yeah, I know that, yeah. Yeah, we cut a maple down. It didn't come back at all. Right, but yeah. pussy willows aren't like maples. <laughs> willows in general are incredibly capable of withstanding whatever you throw at them, and they just keep on growing. So maybe you should uh, drill a couple of holes and fill them with gasoline? 
if it's far enough away from the house uh, or any buildings or wooden structures, um, better to you. There's something, and I believe it's still available. It's called stump remover. It's actually saltpeter, so okay. it's potassium nitrate that goes into those drilled holes. Then you pour kerosene, and you can smolder burn the uh, root that way. Oh, okay. Wow. Rather than having a conflagration, you can just have a slow smolder and it, it and kill it that way. But it is called stump remover. It's a okay. little package and in a garden center or Canadian tower or whatever. Yeah. Sounds okay. like a plan. Let, let us right. know how you make out with that, Gary. We'll let <laughs> okay. you know, guys. Maybe we'll listen to it on a 1938 Philco. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Take care. Thanks for calling. That's great. That's Gary, uh, who has the old-time radio shop. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Before we go to the next caller, before we run out of racetrack here, because you know what happens on this show, it goes yeah. so fast. So, Chris, I want to thank you, obviously, for coming in. My pleasure. We didn't get a lot of questions on edibles, but I want everybody to know that you are very available to do, you say, free consultations. So you'll actually go to people's places, just give them an idea of what you can do for them? Yeah, for a lot of people... When they're just starting off, they have a lot of questions. How much sun do I need? Where's the best place for the garden? What kind of soil do I need? Should I plant in beds, mm-hmm. or containers, or right in the ground? Mm-hmm. And for people that are looking for a little <coughs> bit of uh, advice to figure out what the best solution mm-hmm. is for them. Yep. Yeah, what's can, your phone number, Chris? Uh, uh, the best way to give me a call is 416-238-5715. Mm-hmm. And you can also email me directly. It's chris at youngurbanfarmers. One word, Young Urban. Urban Farmers. Yes. Dot com. Yes, you got it. Chris. Or info. Or if info, you forget I, the name, Chris. Yes. And and thanks for the little tip. Uh, your Aunt Debbie has... Um, Green Valley green, Farms. Greenhouse or, or... What do I call that? Green Valley oh, Farms. Be, yeah, that's the name of it. They're on McCowan Road, and Shirley and I are going to go up there and visit because we yeah, live in the northern tier yeah, of right Stouffville, very Albert, close to Mount Albert. You can get some and your, yeah. and your vegetable transplants when the time is right in a, in a couple of weeks. Well, there you go. Yeah. Good. That's great. You'll, you'll, of course, report back on that field trip. Oh, absolutely. I expect to hear more about that. Do you think we have time for one more caller? Yeah, let's squeeze one in here. Betty in Niagara Falls. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Hi. I'm calling about my cast iron plant. It hates me anymore. It hates Uh, you. (laughs) I transplanted it into tropical soil because I thought maybe it was a tropical plant, but it just keeps on, well, it throws up new shoots, and then they turn brown right away and die back. Okay, when did you transplant it? Uh, about a year and a half ago. Oh. Uh, do you, where is it in the house? Does it get any uh, direct sunlight? It's in the east window. Okay, and so it's in the window. Well, it's not in the window. It's one of the, in one of those baskets that hold tree plants. Oh, okay. So there's other plants in there with it. Maybe that's why it's... Re- so what, what are the other plants? Well, they're all they're all cast iron oh, okay. plants, and they're old. So, cast iron plant for anybody, if we're talking about the same plant, is properly called aspidistra. Uh, assuming that we're talking about that, it's called cast iron plant because it's a cast iron plant. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be able to kill them. So, Betty, you're doing something that is impossible. <laughs> you can't <laughs> kill them. So, the main thing is, I think, if it's an east window, is be very, very careful on the watering. Do you know what? If you're going to water on the calendar. Once a month at the most. 
Okay. And, and, you know, with, we always say, when you think it's time to water, wait another week. So you will not kill this plant with, with underwatering, but you will kill it with overwatering. And that would be my concern is what's going on there, that it's just being kept moist too much, too long. And that tropical soil could be holding moisture down low where you can't see it or feel it. And you're thinking the plant's dry, and it's not. Should I change the soil to something else? Um, well... I, I think the main thing is, is it in a container with drainage? Okay. Okay, that's the most important thing, bottom line. And Frank's telling me we got to go. Yep, I'm sorry we're fresh out of time here. Thanks, buddy. But yeah, all container gardens need drainage. Am I right, Chris? Oh, most definitely. Uh, all right. Thanks so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank Appreciate you it. Me. Thanks, Sebastian. Couldn't do without all your help. And to our great callers, see you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.